0: Hi James Ben how are you uh, I, have a, I have a I have a little thing I want to tell you about I actually picked up a new Twitter follower during the week called testy
1: monkey <laughs> yeah that's something to do with you yeah apparently so um well first off I, I I took care to be the first to greet you because that was the uh that was the first criticism I got of last week was that you always greet me um and then uh yeah I got I think it was approaching double digits either tweets or emails um uh complaining about my interrupting you oh really yeah it, 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 people, so yes i, I was te- i was testy last week um but i was testy because i felt you were being uh um we were talking about apple you're about to make this my fault of course um, <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about apple and WWDC, and uh you know i had just been there and talking to lots of folks who were very excited very very you know um, upbeat about what was announced, and you were kind of like this this wet blanket that, to my mind, came a little too much ac- across too much as you know the the kind of like caricature of Apple critics, which is like, oh, no new hardware, Apple's going dead, yeah, uh, or Apple. something along those lines. And, and to me, that I found that kind kind of annoying. And I felt like, man, well, actually, I want to talk about something deeper, and I'm having to go back and like argue first principles right. with you. Um, yeah. So, what do you so, have to say well, for yourself? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to say for myself? <laughs> I, um, I
0: I think to to like characterize the the position or the level of, of excitement I had as like uh, an Apple critic saying Apple's dead because there was no new hardware. It's, that's probably a little bit of a mischaracterization. Um, I very much don't believe Apple is dead, and I'm very excited for like some of the stuff that they. I'm sure they have in the pipe.
1: Yeah, no, I actually, we, so we, we did talk about this more offline. Oh, I just interrupted you, crap. Uh, That's all right. I,
0: I kind of like <laughs> the way you push me around. It. Like, for everyone listening, like, this is part of the regular dynamic that happens whether we're recording or not. Uh, <laughs> I know, it's Like, terrible. I just get jabbed, and I'm like, I, I like that, it. It keeps me on my toes.
1: That, see, what you, that was very unfair, because you made it sound like this was totally one-sided, when you are usually <sighs> the instigator.
0: I'm very well-behaved in public, aren't I?
1: Well, no, the truth is, like, you're like six feet, six and a half feet tall. Yeah, and like I'm very short, and so it's actually a very intimidating sort of dynamic in person. So oh, that, I'm yeah. glad to be on this side of the world right now.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so, it's it's good to hear from you.
1: Okay, so we did we did have a we did call have a call later last week, and I actually thought um, I have come around. I thought you actually did have a very thoughtful sort of articulation of 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 kind of like why why it wasn't worth going. Like it, it's not that they they didn't do good stuff. It's just that it wasn't worth going crazy about
0: right and, and i mean it's i you know you go to those those events wwdc no one puts on a better show than apple and the people that are the people that are there are probably really excited to see some of the stuff that's built and i'm sure they're going to do some great things and there's a there's probably a pretty reasonable chance that some of the stuff that's going to come out from the developer community for example is going to make me think oh my gosh i can't believe that i was i was the wet blanket so i don't know I, I just, there. sometimes, you know, sometimes you like see what they do and it's just like mind-blowing and other times it's just like, well, you know, some of this seems to me like a bit of a no-brainer and I'm actually kind of curious as to why it wasn't done before. For example, the integration, like that stuff just struck me as a no-brainer. They've got control of all these platforms. Why isn't this happening uh, more tightly? In fact, I actually think I sent OS 10 feedback to these guys a few years ago around like, when I like come in listening to my iPhone, why can't I just have my speakers in my room take over or something? Like I I, I, I just felt like there was nothing there that like really surprised me, not to say that it's not important or they won't do really cool things with it, but it just, it just wasn't like, ah, wow. That's yeah. pretty, didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that, that, that's what I, that's where I kind of understood your point. Um, you know cuz if you think about it a lot of the reaction to apple was like oh wow they did what we've been wanting them to do we just didn't think they did it and they finally did it like it was almost like the the expectations were so low um yeah. that of course they cleared it by by a crazy amount but if you if you step back and look at it from a very um a more high level perspective they a lot of the features they introduced as many apple critics were happy to point out um, exist on other phones, exist on other platforms. Um, and and from that perspective, yes, you can absolutely make the case Apple has done it in a better way, a safer way, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is some of this stuff is catch-up. Some of it right. is new, which is, I think, the especially the integration up between Apple devices. But that's something they need to do, right? It, like There is a strategic imperative to do that. And And to applaud a company for doing what right. they need to do is especially a company like Apple that, that we have such high standards for. Um, it made me at least uh, appreciate where you were coming from.
0: Uh, thank you. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a good discussion and uh, yeah, the the jabs, I, you know, and it, it helps solidify, it helps solidify your opinion when you get put under pressure like that. So no, I, I thought it was a good discussion.
1: So one thing that did strike me um and it, I think right after that discussion, uh, uh, John Gruber wrote his his kind of manifesto on, on daring <laughs> firewalls, which, which I'm sure um, pretty much everyone here has has read. But if not, I mean, we'll certainly we'll certainly put it in the show notes. And it, it is it's I think it's very much worth the read. Mm. And um, you know, I think uh, he spent uh, quite a bit of time talking about talking about Tim Cook and. It really is, I think, actually a much richer vein for discussion in a lot of ways. Um, I, I first wrote about Tim Cook actually after last year's WWDC, uh, where you know they had made this big shift and they kind of declared like what their philosophy was going forward. And um, in many respects, I think you can really take this piece by by John as as almost a part two to to the piece I wrote last year, um, mm-hmm. which was praising Tim Cook as a CEO um, for for. Uh, to my mind, the when he moved, when he fired Scott Forstall, <clears throat> excuse me, and kind of set down this kind of almost ideology for Apple to rally around. Right? Apple had previously rallied around like this revolutionary leader, but the leader was gone, and mm. and in most revolutionary movements, they usually fall apart when the leader goes. Right? All the all the lieutenants start fighting amongst each other; or they split into factions. Yeah, and and that's why very few re- revolutions actually are lasting because uh, you need you need something that is timeless to build around right? right i mean just to say like the us revolution right it it, it wasn't built around george washington it was built around eventually right, yeah. the constitution right, right. that the con- and before the constitution there was like 10 10 or 13 years um sorry you're australian so i am have to lecture you about american history no please um but there was there was actually 10 or 13 years where it was very much a question as to whether this would be a workable entity, right? It was the Articles of Confederation or something like that or, or um and like there was there was all these problems and they had to have the Constitutional Convention and now that's kind of like the the pivot that everything turns on. And it's it's a document that is not a person. It's something that persists and for all the for all the tensions and troubles that we've had as a country at various times, um, that's kind of been the glue that holds everything together and it's not that it, it's not that it's not about the piece of paper it's almost like a mythology that everyone buys into like everyone mm. everyone has decided that the constitution matters and 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 it's really like all all laws all all these sort of things ultimately fall back on a shared sort of mythology and where you see Mm. like states fall apart, where you see lawless societies and, and (laughs) Iraq or whatever it is, you know, is going on there. It's, it's, there's no shared sort of ideology. And, and if you become solely focused on what's optimal for you or optimal for your community, it's impossible to have, you know, kind of a functioning, a functioning broad society. And you talk think about the US. I mean, there is no there's no ethnicity to rally around. There's there's a bit of a common language, but increase you know, there's always been all kinds of people who speak other languages, um, mm. especially today. And so you need you need something. And again, it's not a document per se. It's it's a belief system that right. everyone buys into.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think earlier on we talked about the power of culture and doing stuff like this. And I think a belief system is certainly one way of describing it, but I, I think one of the w- another way of coming at it, and perhaps a more management um, a management type approach, would be to think about it in terms of culture and common common mechanisms for solving problems, common mechanisms for the way that people think about stuff. But I, I completely agree with everything that you've said so far.
1: Yeah. So so you know, that was kind of like the pivot of my piece after a, a year ago's WWDC when they introduced iOS 7 was that I, I felt that it was very what was kind of the subtext of that presentation was Tim Cook not putting himself at the center, like I'm taking Jobs' spot but putting Mm. Apple at the center with a shared ideology of like this design. And they had that video and they had, and all that sort of stuff. And, and to me, it was actually a very explicit uh, move to kind of institutionalize, you know, culture and, and institutionalization, it it, kind of gets a bad name, especially we talk about disruption and and all this sort of stuff. And there, and certainly, it is the first step to ossification, um putting anything in writing but at the same time that doesn't make it in like that's just the natural order of things like you can't always you can't always be um have nothing to unify around especially when you're a 50,000 you know person company
0: right i mean uh, yes uh to yes, I, I mean I'll agree with that. I mean, organizational structures are something that I'm becoming increasingly fascinated with, and I, I'm beginning to wonder whether, to some to some greater or lesser extent, organizational structures actually determine um, determine fate. Like the way you structure an organization, de- like the way you silo and the way you divide responsibilities, um, actually determines. The way in which people inside an organization view and split up a problem whether they think about it functionally or otherwise it's this is this is very interesting territory but I think you're driving towards also an interesting point in relation to Apple
1: well just on that point Apple certainly thinks that's the case I mean at at, you know in Apple University one of the absolute core things that they focus on is organizational structure Mm -hmm. um not like Not like, oh, what, you know, so there's certainly this kind of idea, oh, we talk about, you know, what Apple's done in the past and making decisions sort of stuff. A a lot of it is actually very academic, kind of nitty gritty, like, how do you organize teams? How do you organize the whole company? Mm -hmm. You know, all that sort of stuff. What's interesting is, um, you know, you read, you read, so Gruber's article kind of had the same pivot as my article a year previous, which was the firing of Scott Forstall. Mm -hmm. And... And what that meant for Apple going forward, and um, and what 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 really struck me uh, was was kind of his conclusion. He talked about uh, um, you know something tangible. I'm I'm quoting here. Something tangible has changed, but I don't see it in, in terms of 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 old new. Um, he then clarifies kind of the old Apple was pre 1997. Uh, the mm-hmm. new Apple was was post next. Uh, mm-hmm. And then quoting again, new Apple didn't need a reset. New Apple needed to grow up, to stop behaving like an insular underdog on the margins and start acting like the industry leader and cultural force it so clearly has become. Um, and, you know, just to bring it back to me, because um, that's my job. Uh, <laughs> I wrote two pieces of WDC, one kind of like about the strategic underpinnings and another one mm. more more about the, about the culture bit. And this I literally titled What Steve Jobs Wouldn't Have Done. And it was making the exact same point that Apple had really been at a very deep fundamental level this is something i picked on picked up on super clearly um at apple university was you talk to any of the guys that were there in or gals that were there in the 90s and there was a still a palpable sense of like kind of fear of ever being in that position again like people yeah. just remember details about about the day-to-day occurrences then and like how much it sucked and <laughs> And you really got the sense or I very much got the sense that that was absolutely still a motiv- motivating factor in what happened yeah. to decisions they made. And something I took away from this WWC was was that fear they kind of moved on move, moved on from mm. that. You didn't get that sense of fear anymore. you got a much more of a sense of confidence and, and that's where I think the openness kind of kind of sprang from.
0: Right. I mean th- that's very interesting. What I'd like to go back to Gruber's conclusion though, like he asserts that this is something that Apple needed to do. Well, I'm I'm not necessarily convinced that what's made Apple successful is that it's behaved like a grown-up company. I I've I mean I also I mean not to make this about who wrote what, but I also did a bit of thinking with a with an article that I wrote on Horace a deadu site, a Simco, around like the two parts to Apple, and it's it's really interesting to consider the the basic idea that um, what Steve Jobs brought was like the design sensibility, and what Tim Cook brings is this operational efficiency, and and Gruber. Gruber in a in a piece a while back made the point that actually Tim Cook's side of the organization is actually is is the thing that gives Apple its differential like it it it's the sustained competitive advantage, the sustained differentiation. Like you create something in terms of the design and people can see it and people to a greater or lesser extent can copy it. But what they can't copy is is the operational efficiencies like like the massive scale that Apple has built up like it's it's really hard for an organization to come come along and replicate that and that made me really bullish about Tim like Tim Cook as being CEO that being said it's not to say that the other side of Apple the job side of Apple perhaps the more infantile side of Apple isn't a necessary and actually, like, important part of, of the magic formula. It's it's almost like a balance that needs to be struck. And what I'm starting to wonder is whether it might – everyone's very bullish about it right now, like, seeing Apple grow up, but, like, is there a question as to whether
1: it might have swung
0: too far in one direction?
1: No. So, I mean, yeah, I, I do think it's a question, and there is, you know – there is absolutely it's something i i very much believe in you know kind of the you know just to get all you know like chinese philosophy people like the, the whole Let's yin and it. yang sort of thing right? right you know like that 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 the middle way um that that is almost always where the truth lies where the best path is and yeah i i thought gruber's point about um tim cook bringing operational efficiency to apple's internal Operations was a fascinating one that I I don't. I haven't seen other people make, Um, but it 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 did make me think about Microsoft, and um, you know I wrote a piece about when Steve Ballmer retired was saying what if what if Steve Ballmer ran Apple, basically saying what he would do would make it a operation internally would make it would streamline the operations, like would right. make it way more, way more effective. And, and again, before everyone like goes nuts and turns off this podcast and discuss, I, am not, <laughs> I'm not saying that Apple is Microsoft, but it is interesting to you, the words that are being used, right. you know, efficiency, growing up. I actually, um, went back and found this, this profile of Steve Ballmer, uh, in the New York times, uh, called Microsofter, and, and I, I'm going to quote from it here. It says... Yet only after fighting the biggest antitrust case in a century has it begun to sink in with Ballmer that in most ways he has already won and that with victory, he might be expected to behave less like a petulant adolescent and more like yeah. a statesman comfortable in his power. I mean,
0: that's a, it's a really interesting thought, right? Like these companies grow up and at least in the short run, you start getting operational efficiencies that let them do things like walk and chew gum, which everyone was so excited about. Like Apple's doing all these things like... In the past, they'd have to pull developers off um, OS X to like get iOS out the door, and now look at them shipping all this stuff. But maybe part of part of the magic was the the Peter Pan syndrome, the the fact that it hadn't quite grown up, the fact that it had this kind of these these. Um, <laughs> These designers in it that didn't necessarily, this design mentality in it that didn't necessarily want to succumb to efficiency. And there's a question as to whether some of that might be at risk. I think it's a really interesting question.
1: I mean, remember, um, you know, uh, know, just to quote again from Groomer's piece. um, Apple has never been more successful, powerful or influential than it is today. They've thus never been in a better position to succumb to their worst instincts and act imperiously and capriciously. Instead, they've begun to act more magnanimously, blah blah, blah and go it, it, like it's interesting. Those are some of the exact same words I just used with from the Times profile of, of Microsoft. And the, the 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 thing I was reminded of was Steve Jobs' famous Stanford speech. What was the conclusion? Stay well, hungry, stay foolish. Yeah. Um, right. That's a really interesting parallel to draw. And what what's so what's so interesting is, um. It 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 raises such a fascinating question because I'm mean, the title of my piece was "What Steve Jobs Wouldn't Have Done." Gruber has the exact same conclusion that it's probably better for Apple that Tim Cook is CEO, not Jobs. Um, Matt Drantz, Apple outsider, really insightful, you know, observer of Apple, worked there for a long time. Um, said pretty much the same thing, and and what's what it. it there there, there's an instinctual reaction that no way that that can't be right right um there's also a very rational response that yes that, that 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 is the case um but and there's a very real question could could someone like steve jobs manage a company the size the size of apple of apple today
0: right well and it's but it's it's not just whether he could manage it or not, it's like in managing it like a grown up company in the way that it yeah it's just a question of whether i mean if the magic hasn't gone, if whatever whatever like pixie dust got sprinkled inside that organization that lets them come up with these great products, whether there's some degree of chaos or disorganization or whatever it is if 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 some of that is gone in the in the ability to deliver the more mundane – I'm going to use quote-unquote because they're not really mundane – but the more mundane things like getting the latest version of iOS shipped or or releasing a new programming language or like getting – getting the integration working like these are all good things but i wouldn't give up the ability for them to come along and redefine a product category or come up with these crazy new products in order to be able to better better and more reliably and more efficiently ship things like that now maybe they haven't made that trade-off but it's interesting to to think that well maybe there's a possibility that they have
1: yeah it's it's gonna be it's actually setting up a really fascinating sort of like Case study um, and and comparison because you know right now I, I was very careful to say there's no way I, I'm comparing Apple to Microsoft and and there's lots of reasons to say that and, and and one of the most obvious is Apple's in a very dominant position right now they don't they're not going anywhere um, you know they have every everything going mm. going in their way but then again that's exactly what you would have said about Microsoft, Microsoft. in 2001 2002 right the the right. there was no there was no specter of of their demise in sight, yet Microsoft was already done. Yeah, they just didn't know it yet. And, and so this raises the so this raises the question. We should and today is 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 you know going to make some claim chowder joke about 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 this. And again, I'm not <laughs> saying Apple is done. I'm just saying right. it, it's it's fascinating. Today is 2014. If, and uh, the equivalent uh, this so this Times profile of Microsoft was t- 2002 as 12 years ago. I will say 10 years, because in 2012, it was clear that Microsoft was, you know, five years later was the iPhone, 10 years later, it was clear that Microsoft was, you know, in the consumer space, was in very serious trouble. Um, So that's 2014. So 2019 um, puts us at about a a new product being introduced, which by the way... That was my jam. I stole your laugh. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> wow. I, <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm going to, the testy monkman's going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Um, 2019 is, a. remember I, we had that discussion a few podcasts ago about when new epochs happen. They happen right. every 10 to 15 years. And I said, well, yeah. I don't think the next epoch's coming till about 2019 or 2020. Interestingly enough, uh, c- c- pure coincidence, that's, that's, that's about the time where um, we should expect the next kind of meaningful epoch to to start to emerge. It's not it's not going to be dominant. It's going to start to emerge, like the the iPhone in two thousand seven, or the browser in nineteen ninety four, or or the PC, uh, the IBM PC in nineteen eighty three, I think. Um, I might have that wrong. Uh, but the point being, like that, that's about the time period. And ten mm. years, uh, whatever that new epoch should be dominant so 2014 or 2024 sorry and if we're still doing this podcast then uh we'll be it will be in the multi hundreds episodes yeah i know but Famous, it'll be fascinating rich. it'll be fascinating to look back and and <laughs> yeah. and we'll be able to say definitively um well somewhat definitively uh whether or not which way which way which way this dice kind of got rolled mm. i mean yeah, it will
0: be it will be interesting. It, to continue on your um to continue on your Chinese mythical thing. There's isn't there some ancient Chinese curse about may you live in interesting times?
1: Yeah, I, you brought I think but you've used that one I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Am I
0: am I using old material? Uh, I think so. That's okay. Oh gosh. It's mm, inevitable.
1: Wow. Um right. <laughs> uh, no, so the, so the one of, I mean just to finish that point because I rambled a bit. Um uh which is again as long as we're talking about repeating ourselves, uh,
0: <laughs> Oh, now you have
1: permission. Yeah, to, no kidding. Yeah, please, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, th- what's interesting is there is a very real question: what is it that drives Apple's innovation, and can it be process sized? Right, um, Horace. You know, our our mutual friend Horace Deju, has written a lot about this. Like he absolutely believes that Apple has a- has made itself to be more than Steve Jobs. That they figure out a way to kind of process size innovation. Mm. And this will be a test, right? Like yeah. there, there, there's no question that a, in my mind, that kind of a fundamental nature of yeah. of the Steve Jobs Apple is now gone. That totally impetuousness, right. that foolishness. Right. And, and the question and, is, is that critical to making right. revolutionary new products?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that, that last part that last question is the ultimate question because yeah, it's great that they're more open. It's great that they can walk and chew gum, but Apple doesn't have a valuation like it does. Apple isn't considered this incredible, incredible company because of its ability to do that. It's, it's because of its ability to deliver these remarkable products. It's, it's not like the efficiency, like if you can add the efficiency on top of it, fantastic. Like that sounds great, but it's, it's the pixie dust. And yeah, it will be interesting to see whether whether Horace is right and whether they've managed to bottle it, or whether actually in, in going down the path of growing up, they're starting to lose it.
1: Well, here is one more kind of interesting parallel. I think we mm. mentioned the Newton before, um, which the Newton was the right idea, but it was the it was the wrong time. Yeah, and we've talked about timing or whatever. And it, yeah. if if an eye is really imminent, um, you know, it, it it doesn't seem like the right time. You know, I, th- I yeah, think I do think it's mean, the right sort of idea, but is it is it Microsoft is it Windows Mobile in 2002 or is it the iPod which kind of led the way to the iPhone?
0: Well, that'll be that'll be really interesting to see. I mean, the one thing that I think Apple does well when it when it starts approaching these types of problems that and it's 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 something that Microsoft couldn't quite escape is when they approach a uh, a new, oh, am I going to use the word paradigm? I guess I am. A new paradigm in computing, or a new paradigm in in terms of technology. They're willing to start from a blank slate. Whereas, uh, I don't know, Microsoft kind of like we just need to make we need to make what we have, and we need to shrink it down a little bit. Apple's like, no, hang on. Like we're we're talking about a fundamentally different mode of interaction. Like this is very different. Like if we were to think about how this would work from scratch, what would it look like? And I don't know if they. The, the your your observations about the the epoch uh, in terms of like looking back and seeing those trends, I think that's absolutely right. I'm not necessarily convinced it's like Moore's law where it's it's something that that must hold true, that it doesn't change until every ten to fifteen years. i I think there's a you know technology, I don't know, there's a case to be made that technology the the rate of change is actually speeding up and it could end up being it could end up happening a lot sooner than perhaps it had in the past um so i i don't know i I do think directionally it's correct like this idea that that the that whatever it is in terms of this next jump in technology it's going to be about making the experience with the technology uh even more frictionless than what it is today like like even more transparent and and getting that closer to the body getting it so it's less invasive in terms of like like going from pulling out a laptop to pulling out an iPad or a phone to like something where it's even less invasive, more frictionless. I think, I think that's directionally right. Maybe it's the watch. I'm not sure. We'll see, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I do think it's directionally right too. And I think this is, and this is why I think there is still reason to be, to absolutely be bullish on Apple and, and why I am certainly, again, don't like, don't be, don't be hate tweeting me here um saying that Apple is Microsoft because there there are th- absolutely very real differences. One, there's a track right. record to your point of approaching new products, uh especially new interface paradigms in a much, much more intelligent way. Uh, thoughtful. Thoughtful way. Thoughtful is a better yeah. way to put it. Microsoft's filled with a million people. Um, two, uh, you know, like at the end of the day, like uh the 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 all all the all the thinking, yeah, all the, all the thoughtfulness and and the approach and the focus on design and and the focus on product, mm. um, and the focus on on integration up and down the stack. All that is still there, right? And and mm. those are all very much reasons where why Apple is different than Microsoft, whether different mm. than almost any other tech company, yeah, co- you know, company in the industry. And I think what what will be, and this really is Horace's point. I think if Apple does continue. It will really be an affirmation that those are the things that matter. And that Steve Jobs' brilliance wasn't in the pixie dust per se, it was in putting those processes in place, proving that they worked. And then like like someone has to go first so that people can follow, right? And now that the path has been blazed and yeah. now people can follow and and the products that will come out and the revolutionary changes, etc., are symptoms. Not, not like the the thing yeah. that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, and I like in terms of like
0: the bull case for mm-hmm. Apple. I think that's that's a very good articulation of it.
1: And I, to be, I, I think I do fall on on the bull side. To be, to be I, frankly, it, it's, yeah, it, it's a little. I do, I, I do too. Yeah. I agree. It's a little. I mean, honestly, like this, I've really had to think over this last week um, because we, you know, we've been. Ben, these sort you mean of topics. had to
0: think over the past week. <laughs> well, I really I've been, no,
1: I've been thinking about this over years. But I, I mean, <laughs> just just really, um, it was so striking to hear that that language in, in in Gruber's piece, and I realized that I in my piece I used the exact same language, and and to realize that was that language was, was not exclusive to Apple. It's been used on other companies before, yeah, um,
0: and other companies in the same circumstance.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, there's just however much you you may or may not think apple has slipped post jobs there is still such a massive or 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 gotten better there's such a massive gap between them and anyone else like yeah it's almost like it also like they can't help but succeed because their competition along these specific vectors um just isn't there yeah
0: yeah that's true and i also think i mean it's just too soon to call it. Like, I, I, I mean, we've talked about how long these these things take to gestate and how how much technology goes into it to like to be calling Apple <laughs> Apple is dead or Apple has slipped or Apple is no longer innovative. I think just just smacks of a fundamental misunderstanding of how long it takes and how hard it is to like redefine redefine technologies like this. It's it's just way too soon to say.
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, the one thing I do think most critics do get right, actually, this this dovetails what you just said. Is you know Apple's long term danger is services in the cloud, but to me that danger yeah. only really manifests itself when we no longer have physical devices. Yeah,
0: I, that that's true. Though when you start to think about how people were getting really excited about the extensions on the phone, um, and and apps being able to interface with each other, it does seem to be directionally that if if you're putting that stuff up in the cloud and creating APIs for them to talk to each other in software rather than necessarily having them interfacing on the phone i don't know like like directionally that in in that world if that's the direction where we're going it does strike me as the an organization like google does have an edge over an organization like apple because that's much more their bulwark
1: right no yeah i mean if if we ever move to a world like um, did you have you seen her yet? I told you to watch it a few days. ago. I,
0: yeah, you did tell me to watch it. I, I unfortunately have a day job.
1: <laughs> well, you were you were sick yesterday. We had to cancel our recording. I mean, you should watch this. Should have watched is the true. Movie.
0: I was I was sick. I was I was more interested in lying in bed with my eyes <laughs> shut than doing anything else. I'm afraid.
1: Fair enough. Um, uh, but if we if we ever did get to that sort of world where it's it's literally like an earpiece in your ear, and and you don't have kind of like the there's much less of the kind of experience of using it. It's all, it, it's much more of, of an AI sort of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like the danger. That's the danger zone for Apple. I, I feel like as long as there's something physical that you interact with, like that's what they're, that's, that's their ace in the hole, right? They just, they're so good at the interaction and the, and the feel of, of things. As long as there's phones, they will, they will have a, you know, th- I think they'll own the premium segment, even a watch, like it's something that, that, you know is you that you express yourself through that you in that you interact with however way you might interact with it um mm. it's, it's when it's when we get to like where the physical is like completely gone but that right. that is you know people uh, get to your point o- severely overestimate or underestimate underestimate how long that sort of shift takes
0: yeah absolutely i mean it, uh, i i agree and i, I it, it's it's a threat to them, but I wouldn't. I would even say they still have something of an edge because still, I mean, if you're if you're inviting technology <laughs> that much into your to, to the extent that it's almost pervasive in your life, whether it's it's like you're starting to, it's. It, I mean, it feels like it's moving closer and closer to the 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 root of the sense, right? Whether it's getting closer to the ear or closer to the eye, like where we've gone from mainframes to desktops to laptops to phones to now like watches or glasses or whatever or earphones. Like it's starting to get closer to the sense. I like I, I still if I'm gonna have something like that in my field of vision or in my ear, my my sense is I would prefer that interface to be designed by Apple than anybody else. So I, 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 even in that even in that instance all is not lost, I don't
1: well, think well as a segue too, there's something to be said for having that that intimacy handled by a company that yes whose incentives are aligned with yours like they i completely agree you wrote a really cool article on privacy is dead i loved it why don't you tell everybody about it yeah well basically my 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 point is i actually think i didn't tease this out enough but but in general people like want to go nuts about privacy and say, oh, all these companies are doing bad without kind of really grappling with that there are very real trade-offs when it comes to privacy. And it's not just that people are willing to give away privacy for free, which is, Uh which is true, but literally there are some services that could not exist. Like Facebook could not exist unless it were free. And because there would not be the critical mass of people on it. And if it is free, they need to make money, so that means ads. But there are an infinite number of ads on the internet, right? So the price is going right. to zero. The only so how do you how do you make money? You make money by by having exclusive, you know, differentiated ads, and differentiated ads right. are targeted ads. Right. Which right. means yeah,
0: totally. Think about it from the perspective of the advertiser. I can like take out a page in the New York Times, and mm, they'll give me on general average information about who reads it, or. You can say, well, I'd like to target these people that go to this university or work in this company that are this age, this sex, have these interests, like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's like much more powerful for an advertiser and they're willing to pay a lot more. Absolutely
1: right? a- no, absolutely. And and the thing and the thing why I'm less bothered about about like in Facebook and, and with Google too. I mean, Google it's a little different. It's more like just the volume. Like the more volume of people you have using search, the better it gets. Um, it's a little more complicated than that but th- that's that's certainly the case um you know there there is like there's a give and take here right we are getting these amazing incredible services that that have tremendous consumer benefit right, the, right. there's the the surplus is, is is to use the economic term is is significant mm. um, and the trade-off is that our information is used is used in that way and with these we we you can not use google right um i so
0: it's a funny thought isn't it you can't not use google yeah i mean i couldn't i don't know what would happen to well i just said cannot
1: use or, but you can't not I, use it makes I the same can, point. yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah i can't not use it as well um i i do think i should i should have better differentiated like i, I have a much more serious problem with kind of like the the kind of dark ad net, networks that are pr- primarily used on on a lot of publishing sites um That track you across ads, and and Facebook is doing that now too. They are, but the point is, like I'm at least I'm getting something from Facebook, right? Like Mm. Facebook, I'm getting the chance to use Facebook,
0: whereas these
1: kind of like these other ones are just tracking me. There's the 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 trade off of the consumer benefit is much less is much less clear
0: that's true I mean I I guess part of my issue with that is that no one's making no one's being given (laughs) I mean on some level they are they can just not use it but no one's being given an explicit choice like you get to use this service and here's what's going to happen as a result. We are going to take all the personal information that you give, we're going to sell it to advertisers, we're going to track you across the web. If you live in California, we're now going to start partnering with businesses to provide free Wi-Fi and we're going to watch every little bit of traffic that that you generate so we can tell what you're, who you're talking to, what you're talking about, which sites you're going to, so on and so forth. Um, We're going to buy WhatsApp so we get access to messaging data about you. We are going to create a shadow profile on you. So when one of your contacts uploads their their contact book to our servers, we're going to start to fill in all the missing details that you didn't provide, such as email addresses, phone numbers. I mean, that really gets me because that's the point at which even if you don't use Facebook, you're on Facebook, right? They can still track you. They still get all these details about you just because your friends have decided to use it. And then there's there's the element of it that I mean, I don't know if you saw actual Facebook graph search. There's this amazing Tumblr, actual Facebook graph searches where it's just starting to get super creepy. Like like one of the searches was like um, people in China who – oh, no, people in America who have family in China that are Falun Gong, Falun Gong or something like that where it's actually like if like this material is – um rather than being yeah people are choosing to reveal that about themselves but they're probably not expecting it to be searchable to the extent where it could get used like that or there was another one like gay people in iran or stuff like like i you know like people sign up for it they think they're getting a social network and sure they realize that advertisers are going to target them but when i mean there's (laughs) There are expectations involved, and I just I think Facebook doesn't is is very bad at, at setting those expectations, and then completely c- completely coming down on the side of like advertisers in terms of like the responsibility they feel to protecting user data, and I I kind of have a problem with that.
1: That's would totally totally reasonable. Um, I think um, and I I agree with you. I, I think the point that I was trying to make and. And I, I do feel I could have done, made this a little better but is it's it's the, the 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 it's similar to the net neutrality thing actually like you it's hard to you're not, it's hard to be taken seriously in this debate and to really push for change unless you first kind of grapple with like what's going on mm, and yeah. and and that means not just being hyperbolic about, about data collection in general and, and right. ads in general. Like you, you you have to first, you have to first, you know, so the article was a bit of devil's advocate and, and then maybe the, the title was a little, you know, link-baity. But like you have to first grapple wow. with the fact that if we want to have services with with Facebook, right. th- there is a trade-off and there, there's going to be target information. And yeah, once you get that, course. okay, now what? And then now yeah. you would think you'd have a much more productive productive conversation. And I agree with you. I think, um, I do think transparency, just in, in general, that's the value that needs to guide a lot of this. Is just a, a lot more transparency if there is any sort of, like, that's that's where lobbyists and and advocates and people opposed to this need to focus their efforts. It's not just going nuts about targeting because that's not being serious. It's not being, it's not really understanding what's going on here. Um, whereas I think what you just articulated, it is, is much more actionable and meaningful,
0: right? And and I I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like the, the the starting point for having this discussion is recognizing these are commercial organizations and people have invested money in them, and people go and work there, and there's a profit incentive, and that's not an unhealthy thing. It's just balancing that with with the I mean, collecting personal information to the extent that that companies like this have it's great for advertisers, but it, like misused it, 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 <laughs> it has the power to do some pretty nasty things. And what's, what's more is that ex- reasonable expectations are not being set around how this will or could be used. And I, I you know, I, this is one of the things where I, I think sil- the general approach to Silicon Valley is, you know what I, this is too complicated a conversation for most people to have. Therefore we're just not going to tell anybody about it. And uh, half the time they get away with it and half the time it turns into this explosive like, oh my gosh, look at what's going on, like what happened with the, the Facebook graph search or whatever. I, yeah, I just think you're right. Transparency and like transparency is the first part in having in creating like reasonable dialogue around like, okay, yes, you collect this information because you need to sell it and you need to sell ads. And, but, but like, okay, the, I, I tell you what freaks me out a little bit, like the idea that every time I installed an app or linked something to Facebook that whoever that was got to download basically an entire copy of my profile at that point in time, Like that's, I I wonder how many copies of my Facebook profile are out there floating around. And I I only discovered that that's the way it worked afterwards. And at which point I realized it's like, okay, well, I'm just not connecting anything to Facebook anymore. You know, like that was not made clear. It was, I think it was in some New York Times or USA Today piece. Like that's when it became clear that that's what was happening. I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: No, it's such a... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's so easy, um, and I don't I don't begrudge you, and I've had similar reactions to to get really upset about about this stuff, um, and 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 how this and how this stuff is handled, um, and I think in general a lot of people have kind of one response people said is oh you know I'd rather oh, I wish I could pay for this stuff or privacy is going to be a luxury yeah. good. Um I think though again I I think that's the case for for some things. Um like I do think Apple like I I have heard and several people have heard that Apple's going to be making a big privacy push like emphasizing that that their services and their products, you know, protect yeah. your privacy, which is which makes a ton of sense. They and, and you know, Apple's going to get a lot of credit for it. Um I've I've called this a strategy credit as opposed yeah. to strategy tax where you're yeah. kind of like your monetary incentives happen to align with a kind of a politically popular decision. Right. Um,
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I I do do think, I mean, to your point, privacy is going to become a luxury good. I absolutely think that's true. And I think the people that care about it the most are actually more likely to align with people who tend to use Apple devices. Um, I've worked with a few folks... Um, who, who I mean like I, I, I'm not going to name drop but like folks that most people on this podcast would recognize their names and it's funny how paranoid they are about their privacy and I don't know if they know even more than we know or just that the idea that one of these big technology companies is following them around but they go to some pretty extraordinary lengths to make sure that, that organizations like Google and Facebook are not tracking them when they engage on those services.
1: Ste- step stepping up a level though like yeah. real is it, what like what is actionable here that's it, it's very fine well a- to he, be upset about yeah. this but like realistically in, in we're living in a world where computers their very nature is to record everything
0: yeah totally and uh, look i think So this is one of these instances where I think it's actually going to be in the company's best interest to start behaving with a little bit more of the user in mind and a little less of the advertiser, because what's going to happen is at some point in some capacity or another, they're going to overstep the mark. And what typically happens when someone oversteps the mark and it gets, it's get pub, it gets publicized is that regulators come in with a very heavy hand and it's going to be the outcome of that is, I mean, it's probably going to be far from perfect and it's probably going to be overreached to the point where if the companies had stepped up themselves in the first place and put in place a reasonable solution, they'd probably have been better off than if they'd let the regulators like decide for them. So I don't know in terms of what's to be done on an individual level. Like I have like little Facebook blockers installed on my main browser. So Facebook doesn't track me around the web. And I use, I actually use a different browser for Facebook. So it doesn't get to do all that. And I have no idea whether all that's effective or not. Like, I, I just kind of have a problem with them pulling all that information together. So, on a personal level, that's what I do. from the from the company's perspective, I think these guys should again. I, and we've touched on this previously. like there's a there's some degree of responsibility involved with the the amount and the quality of the data and the, the personal nature of the data. Like if it was a medical provider, people would be very careful of it. Now I realize I pay my doctor and I don't pay Facebook and there's got to be some quid pro quo, but like there's some responsibility involved here. And, and I think it's in their interest to figure that out and to swing things a little bit back more towards the point of view of the user. Cause otherwise something's going to happen and you're going to end up in some situation i mean the eu's already started to do this right you can like take down you can put in a takedown request on google for for pages or personal information correct
1: which is way which is which is way heavy-handed in my opinion yeah um, right and no i agree that i i drew the same comparison like that's what's going to happen the problem though is it's like the whole data security thing right Why? Why is why do all these security breaches happen? The reason they happen is because there is no good incentive for companies to do better, right? Right. To properly secure data is expensive. It's hard. It's a total cost center that goes that that goes you know detracts from the bottom line, and and the the payoff is a counterfactual, right? Right. It's it's uh, if this were to happen and. And the kind of yeah. rational response is because the chances of it happening are, are, at least most people tend to presume, are relatively rare. Yeah. They're just chopped off, right? They're, they don't yeah, – they're, like, they're, they're stand, the standard deviation is too far from the mean, so they yeah, just chop like it off.
0: classic black swan, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly. You just don't want to be the CEO of Target getting it wrong.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I was really encouraged that the CEO of Target was canned, right? Yeah, like me um, too, actually. And that – that's probably the most reasonable the most reasonable uh kind of incentive here is like that there be the expectation that you know and there there be like serious consequences for for data being leaked um for something along those lines um unfortunately the the at least in this country the record of uh you know, yeah. strong disincentives for executives. Yeah, not exactly I mean, strong.
0: yeah, I know it, it reminds like, and this is just one of these instances where you're going to hang a few people when probably lots and lots of people are guilty of it. And maybe you'll change a little bit by that hanging, but I, I'm, yeah, I, you'll probably change a little bit, but I don't think it's going to fundamentally change the way that organizations are thinking about this. I'm, Maybe I, I maybe I maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe, like there are CEOs out there who saw what happened, and it's like, okay, what are we doing in terms of data strategy? because I don't want to lose my job in a flame of glory like that guy did. But yeah. um, well, my, they, well, they, my sense is it's unlikely
1: yeah and the, the, the other problem too is um I, I, I don't think the the government is crying tears about these companies collecting massive amounts of data on people because then they because yeah. then they can tap <laughs> into it.
0: Yeah, isn't that a? Yeah, I mean, I. But I mean, it's well, that's true. But then, yeah, I mean, you, you. The, there are. There's an argument to be made. You sound that, depressed. That, well, I am a little depressed, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, if it's, there's a difference between the U.S. government getting it and like hackers or like the Chinese government getting it or something, right? And I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm drawing too long a bow, but. I don't know. Like, like my instant reaction is like, well, this is this is something that that affects everybody. Like, and it's right now the way we're solving for it is to create these rules and then um, wait until someone flames out in a blaze of glory, then hang them, and then everybody else goes along and probably does a little bit on the margin to improve it when they see it. But basically they're they're like, well, it's probably not going to happen to me. And we're doing a reasonable job. So let's just keep going as we're going. Maybe it's gonna be I like someone whether, in
1: power is like getting embarrassed by personal information. That's weird. Yeah, like, what like about
0: that. what about creating creating an entity to go around, like a public entity to go around and battle test some of these? So you get these hackers locked up in jail, or All right, well, you know what? Let's put you to good use. Let's actually get you yeah, you're doing some tests. No, no, What I mean though is, like,
1: what what if what if someone like some hacker group, and I'm not trying to incentivize it in here, but like releases all these sorted details about like some leader, some Republican and Democratic leaders, or the President, or or whatever, and and well, that's going to come down on Facebook, but
0: I don't think that's going to mean that like Target ends up. With, well, maybe it will. Target ends up with like a tighter information technology security policy. Maybe yeah, it will. I don't know. We're conflating stuff at this point, I guess. Yeah. A little bit. But still, it's it's interesting to think about. And I don't know, it scares me how much like very personal stuff is floating around about all of us out on the web and like how little control there is of all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that
1: people like Eric Schmidt have said this and we've laughed at him, but I, there probably is something to the idea that in the long run, there's just going to be a, a shift in societal expectations. Like there's going to be an expectation that people have sorted stuff floating around and maybe it's gonna be. I mean, there's something to be said for a country like France, for example, where um, no one gives a shit that the president has a girlfriend. Right? It's just like, which is, in some ways, re- yeah. a, a much more healthy sort of relationship with people in power and what and whatever. And right. Um,
0: yeah, it's gonna it's gonna require quite a shift in. I mean, I, I've been over here for a few years now, and I I bring a slightly outsider's perspective coming from Australia, but it's gonna require quite a shift in American society where where like people aren't gonna blink at the president having a girlfriend. Yeah, that's, just, <laughs> uh, that's true. All right. Yeah, well, I, I, I will
1: let you um uh, yeah, I'll let you get back to your to your girlfriend. Um, oh, that's very kind of you, Ben. I think episode one we said you had a wife. Now you have a girlfriend. Um, wow well yeah well next episode uh, you have a boyfriend you're gonna have a dog and you're gonna have kids pretty uh, soon
0: based on this conversation that we've just had that none of those things are mutually exclusive right
1: (laughs) yeah people are gonna have no idea what your actual like biography is like by the time we're done yeah
0: uh yes okay i'm I'm happy to be an enigma wrapped in a mystery yes
1: there you go cool well I, i i'm glad you are feeling better um thank you yesterday you were throwing up from food poisoning tonight you can throw up in disgust at the fact that you oh. have no privacy,
0: oh uh, well, I, I was probably like a little bit of the food poisoning had some of the disgust from the lack of privacy yesterday, <laughs> but
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever privacy you had about your sickness is now gone because, uh, yeah, just exactly, about it.
0: the world knows about it now.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I was on a podcast last week where I admitted that I had been, uh, it's very hot here, right? It's like in the 90s, and uh-huh. uh, I can't have the air conditioner on recording because it's very noisy, yeah, um, which. Is physically uncomfortable, um, and so <laughs> it's all it, it you know. came up with the conversation that I I was indeed only wearing you know I was wearing m- boxers and, and a t-shirt. I'm oh not no, sure. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, how that came up? What you mean to say is you told people because <laughs> I'm assuming it wasn't a
1: webcast. I know, so now I'm doubling down on it now. No, it was not. A, it was not a webcast. Um, which <laughs> which by the way, Testy Monk bent uh, in his biography says uh, i blog in my boxers um so <laughs> no, a listener.
0: wow you really are famous when you're getting like mock twitter
1: accounts following you that's
0: pretty awesome yeah really.
1: I, it really felt like a seminal moment you know i mean there's no mark made it it's no mark i've like 50 but um yeah i'm gonna to have to follow
0: that account just out of principle <laughs> now i saw it following it, yeah me. It i was does like follow what's you. going on here yeah, yeah i'm like yeah i'm, I'm gonna follow it back it's pretty cool whoever that was I'm. I'm entertained and I'm watching so keep tweeting yeah
1: All right, sounds good well I will uh I'll talk to you next week we we will have to well, we didn't get to the uh the the infamous or famous whatever you think about it New Yorker disruption article but um sometime in the future um yeah that it's, it's, it's like good a to plan. close the book on the on the WWC stuff, though although I I have, I have a feeling we'll come back to it this is something that I think is um
0: a one thing one thing we didn't
1: we didn't talk about was what was the reorganization itself of Apple um mm. I know we've we've had offline discussions about it, but we'll leave that as a bit of a teaser.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Great talking to you, Ben. Yep. Have a good day. Say ya.